prettiest pictures is? And we've been seeing a little bit of it here lately. And that is the pride that exudes from a new grandparent. Oh. <laughs> Point in case. <laughs> Ronnie and Lori, I know y'all are so excited with Rhett's birth and he's beautiful and uh, I know that y'all would not uh, differentiate with me at all on that. Uh, also, while Terry and Emma can't be here today, both of them are working, I know that they are proud grandparents uh, for little Gwen. And Gwen's doing good too, Blake? Good, good. Uh, we have two new additions, so y'all start having more babies, amen? We want to build the church, praise God, amen? And we're excited about that. Well, I, I want to begin by taking a little poll, all right? So I got just two questions on this poll. First of all, uh, how many of you believe in the Bible? Raise your hand. Keep them up so I can make sure. How many of you believe in the Bible? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Good deal. Excellent. That's a good answer, by the way, being where you're at. Uh, second question. How many of you believe that we should take this book literally? Raise your hand. Excellent. Another good answer. Amen. Because if we believe this book, then we must believe in a horrible place called hell. That's also good news because if we believe this book and we take this book literally, that means that we must also believe in a literal place called heaven. Now, some people think that we as Christians are nuts to believe that one day we're going to enjoy this great homecoming in a place where we're all going to be happy, we're all going to be holy, and we're all going to be home. But Jesus knew it. The disciples preached it. And countless millions of God's people have come to the end of their earthly lives expecting it. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, once said, Some people think that we are fools to believe in heaven. But he went on to say, To deny heaven is to deny Jesus. Because that's where he came from. To deny heaven is to place our dear departed loved ones in a cold, dark grave. To deny Jesus or deny heaven is to deprive millions of Christians of our greatest hope. To deny heaven is equal to slander because it calls God a liar. Friends, I've never been there. And I've never had some super supernatural revelation of what heaven is like. But I believe this book. And this book is riddled with descriptions of heaven and how things are going to be when believers get there. So today, what you're going to hear 
is not what Brother Bill has to say. You're going to hear what the Word of God has to say about a truly heavenly homecoming. To begin with, we need to find out what God's Word, what God's Word says about this place called heaven. Well, to begin with, the Bible says that heaven is a prepared place. Today, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 21. That should be very easy for you non-Bible scholars to find. You go to the back, and you hang a left, and you're right there. The last, next to the last chapter in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. And I'm going to begin in the first verse, just the first two verses to start with. Now, you need to know that Jesus is, has told the Apostle John to write down all these things. So that you and I would be able to hear what Jesus said to John. And here's what Jesus told John to write in the first verse of chapter 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared. Say prepared. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now there's a story of a wealthy woman who got all tore up because she got to heaven and she was led to this very, very destitute looking home. And she was told that this was indeed the home that was prepared for her. And she said, well, whose fine mansion is it across the way? And her guide said, oh, that belongs to the man who was your servant on earth. And she said, well, why is his house so much better than my house? And her guide explained, well, the houses up here are prepared from materials that were sent up from down there on earth. We don't choose the materials that are preparing your house. You do by your faithfulness while you were on earth. Now, friends, that's only a story, but it certainly bears a very profound truth about how we should be preparing for heaven while we're here on earth. If you're listening, say amen. amen. There will be rewards in heaven. There will be rewards in heaven. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the one who prepares it. Jesus prepares it. In John 14, 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you will be also. So it's Jesus that prepares us a place in heaven if, we will simply follow his way. So heaven is a prepared 
place. But the Bible also says that heaven is a perfect place. We're going to continue on in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. The Bible says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now I want you to go to verse 22. Because he writes, but I saw no temple. <clears throat> I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. And the Lamb is its light. Heaven's a perfect place. But heaven is perfect not only for what is there. Heaven is perfect for what isn't there. Heaven is a perfect place because you're not going to find any tears there. You will find no death there. No pain there. No sorrow there. No crying there. No sin there. No Satan there. You will find nothing that it might defile it there. It's a perfect place. Heaven is a perfect place, but not only for what you won't find there, but for who you will find there. The Bible says you'll find God Almighty there. You'll find the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, there. Heaven's a perfect place, friend. And we know that heaven is a prepared place. We know that the Bible says that it's a perfect place. But the Bible also says that heaven is a permanent place. You may remember in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6 of Matthew and verse 19, he tells his disciples, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Why? Because neither moth nor rust can destroy it. And thieves cannot break in and steal it. It's permanent. Friends, everything. Say everything. Everything, everything that you see. Look around. 
see is fading away. Jesus says, however, that heaven is indestructible. That heaven is unrustable, praise God. That heaven is undefiled. That heaven will never diminish even in the slightest. What's he saying there? Jesus is saying that heaven is here to stay forever. But heaven is not just about a place. Heaven is also about people. What does the Bible say about the people of heaven? I heard one preacher named Leith Anderson saying, my family and I have lived in the same house for 17 years. 17 years. Sometimes we call it our house. Most times we call it our home. What makes it a home is not the address. It's not the doghouse. It's not the lot. It's not the garage. It's not the treehouse out in the back. What makes it home is the people. It's the people. You see, friend, you may live in a bigger house than me. You may live in a newer or perhaps more elaborate or better house than me. But your house will never be my home. Why? Because home is where the people that you love the most are found. It's the people. What makes home home is being with those who love you love the most and who love you the most. And that's what makes heaven heaven. What makes heaven heaven is not the streets of gold. It's not the mansions upon the hilltop. It's not the angels flying around. It's not the freedom from sorrow. All those things may be true. But what makes heaven heaven is God. What makes heaven heaven is about being with your creator, being with your father in heaven, being with your savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's heaven. That's heaven. But it's not just about God. Because the Bible also tells us there's going to be others there. W.A. Criswell, the former beloved pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, was once asked this question. A great question. And he was asked, will we know each other when we get to heaven? And Dr. Chris gave a, a great answer. He said, you know, we won't really know each other until we get to heaven. You're going to know a little bit about the superficiality of people, but you're never going to know what's in their spirit and what's in their heart until you're home with them in heaven. But what do we know about the people? The people, the citizens of heaven. Well, the Bible says that they are a redeemed people. Back to chapter 21 of Revelation in verse 24. And the nations of those who are saved. That's a lot of people, amen? Nations. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, nor shall there be night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it 
anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only, say only, only. but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's it. Only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Friend, heaven will only be populated by redeemed people. Saved people. Those who have come to Jesus on his terms, faithfully believing in what he did for them on the cross. Have you been redeemed by the precious blood of, the, of Jesus? Are you saved? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Okay. If yours is, what about your friends? If your name is written there, what about the rest of your family members? Are they written there as well? Are you willing to share your story of how you're redeemed? With your friends and family? Are you ready to share your redemption story with the world? It's really amazing that one of the lessons we've learned at Bethel Baptist Church is the power of repetition. The power of social media. Do you know that as a direct result of the coronavirus, Bethel Baptist Church is meeting, meeting more people, reaching more people for the glory of Jesus Christ than we ever have in our history? Hundreds and hundreds of people are viewing your redemption stories. Hundreds and hundreds of people are watching our service as we worship, as we preach, as we sing. You know, we've always been challenged to reach beyond the walls. And I always thought, well, you know, you've got to go down the road and you've got to go across the line. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to reach our people. But my vision has expanded, y'all. As much as it, as it is important to reach these folks, like Brother Hal shared, what about that dude in, in India that liked our Bethel Baptist page because of our Easter service? Are you kidding me already? India? And that's just a scratch of the surface. We could tell you more and more data, more and more analysis of how people are being reached by your story. And what Jesus and the Lord God Almighty is doing here at Bethel Baptist Church. Are you sharing your story? See, that's what redeemed people do. And heaven is going to be filled with redeemed people. But heaven is also going to be filled with resurrected people. Friends, heaven's going to be populated by those who have been delivered from the grip of death. They've been delivered from the grip of the grave. Here's how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, just as we are now like Adam, the man of the earth, so will someday we be like Christ, the man of heaven. Paul said, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These perishable bodies of ours they're just not able. They're not able to live forever. 
But let me tell you a wonderful secret. Let me tell you a wonderful secret that God has revealed to us. Not all of us will die. But we all will change. It's going to happen in a moment. It'll happen in the twinkling of an eye. It'll happen when the trumpet is blown. For when that trumpet sounds, Christians who have died will be raised with changed bodies. And then we who are still living will be changed so that we'll never die. Therefore, death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory now? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, one day, all the redeemed of the Lord Jesus will receive glorified bodies. And so the citizens of heaven are a redeemed people. They're a resurrected people. But the Bible also says that they are a rejoicing people. You're going to be one more happy camper when you get to heaven. Amen? How do you know, Bill? Well, I want you to turn with me to the fourth chapter of Revelation. Because you've got to see this for yourself. Again, this is not what Bill's saying. This is what God is saying. In Revelation chapter 4, I want you to see that heaven is going to be filled with rejoicing people. Now, I'm going to do my, my best to uh, go through this. And to try to uh, interpret a little bit of this for you so you can understand it. But let me just begin in verse 1. John writes, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come on up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like jasper and sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow, a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Now, where have you heard about the story of the rainbow before? Quickly. Y'all know. Noah. Exactly. Let me keep going. Verse 4. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders. What in the world is he talking about here? The 24 elders represent the saved of all generations. 12 in the tribes of Israel, the Old Testament saints, and then the 12 apostles. This is symbolism here. This is intended to let, let us understand that all the saved are going to be in heaven. And from the throne in verse 5 proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire which were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Seven is the absolute perfection. They're talking about the perfect spirit of God, the uh, holiness of God. But he's not done yet because before the throne, there was also a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures. What is he talking about there? Four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. So these creatures were all seeing. All seeing. And these creatures symbolized God's creation. Here's how we know. Let me keep reading. 
The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. The fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. You see, all of this are the creation of God. So this represents, this symbolizes all creation. And the four living creatures, each having six wings full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. And here's what they're saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. But then look what happens. When the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, those 24 elders, all the saints of God, past and present, all the 24 elders, look what they do. They fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And what do they do? They cast their crowns before the throne. And here's what they say. You are worthy, O oh Lord. I don't deserve to wear a crown. This is your crown. You are worthy, O oh Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Nothing but rejoicing, 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 and heaven worship. It's going to be the most glorious thing you could ever imagine. And we're all going to be doing it together. You see, friend, every glimpse into heaven that we get in the Word of God is filled with the same thing. Rejoicing. Joyfulness. Happiness. Rejoicing. So we've talked about the place called heaven. And we've talked about the people in heaven. I guess we kind of need to know what the path to heaven is. What does God's word say about the path to heaven? How do we get to this wonderful heavenly homecoming? Well, the Bible tells us that the path to heaven is a very plain path. Jesus said the path is clear. I'm the way. Amen? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John said it even plainer. In 1 John 5, 12, he said, get this. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son doesn't have life. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Have you got the Son this morning? Have you got the Son? Have you got life? Jesus said, friend, listen, there are only two ways in this life. One is a very narrow way that leads to life in heaven. The other is a very broad way that leads to death in hell. My friend, which path? Are you on today? Which path are you on today? But while the Bible says that the path to heaven is a plain path, it also says that, look at this, it's also a very precise path. It's a very precise path. See, contrary to popular belief, there are not many roads that lead to heaven. In fact, there is only one road that leads to heaven, and his name is Jesus. He said, I am the door. He who enters by me will be saved. That's crystal clear to me. He said, no man comes to the Father except through me. No one. 
So it's a plain path. It's a very precise path. But the Bible also says that the path to heaven is a path that's personal. No one can walk this path for you. You have to walk it. No one can carry you to heaven. You got to take this step of faith yourself. As much as your mama would love to carry you to heaven, she can't do it. As much as your pastor would love to see you in heaven, I can't do it for you. You have got to take that step personally. And listen, millions upon millions of believers have taken that step of faith. And if you haven't today, friend, you better. You certainly should. The Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it's all your decision. It's all your confession. It's your belief in what God has provided. Eleanor, is she still here? I need your help. Come on up here, girl. While Eleanor's coming up, in closing, I want to share with you about a woman who had cancer. This woman had only three... Let's get over here so people can see your beautiful face. There you go. This woman had only three months to live. And so as she was getting her affairs in order, she called her pastor. She wanted to discuss the final arrangements. Come over on this side, sweetheart. There you go. Smile on the camera say, I look pretty. <laughs> so pastor goes to this woman's house and she begins to tell him the songs that she wants sung. She tells him uh, about the scriptures that she wants read. She even tells him what outfits she wants to wear and tells him about the, his, her favorite Bible that she wants in the casket with her. And then the pastor was about to leave. And as the pastor was about to leave, the woman suddenly said, oh, 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 one more thing. Wait a minute. And so the pastor turned around and said, okay, what is it? She said, one more thing. I want to be buried with this in my hand. <laughs> what is that, Eleanor? A fork. That's a fork. Now, the pastor didn't get it. He didn't understand, and so the woman explained. She said, you know, in all my years of having church dinners, when all the dishes were being cleared away, they would always say the same thing. Keep your fork. And I wondered why in the world would I have to keep my fork? But I knew that I'd always be happy. I'd always be rejoicing because I knew that something better was coming. Something better was coming. Maybe it was like velvety chocolate cake. Maybe it was deep dish apple pie. <laughs> Maybe it was even banana pudding. banana pudding. 
could have been bad So when people look at me in that casket with a fork in my hand and they say, what's with the fork? Pastor, you tell them that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Keep your fork. The best is yet to come. Go ahead, sweetie. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for your help, Eleanor. <laughs> so, friends, listen up. How about you? When death comes, and it will, are you ready for heaven? Have you left the wide road in favor of the narrow road that leads to heaven? If you haven't, you can. And you can do it today and know that you will experience a truly heavenly homecoming. If you've already done this, saints of God, listen up. I want you to know today, hang on. Keep serving Jesus. Keep being faithful. Why? Because the best is yet to come. Thank you.